Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Big Lead. On Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Woo! Big, big Saturday. Hope everybody out there is very dry in L.A. Holy cow, thunderstorms overnight. I do wonder about that field tonight at the Coliseum for Rams-Cowboys. I'm telling you, thunderstorms in L.A. last night kept me up part of the night. Also, having watched Bird Box this week, uh, kind of rattled my uh, my sleep patterns. But yeah, it did rattle my cage. There you go, Sammy. Yes, sir. Uh, folks, I do have to some negative news to start the show with, unfortunately. This is the last Saturday for eight months with football. That's not good news, people. That is not good. We know football gets us through these Saturdays. Listen, I love college hoops as much as the next guy. I love the NBA. But I'm telling you, it's Saturdays, no football. I, I will say, housewives everywhere cheering, doing a happy dance. I know my wife is thrilled that the football season is coming to a close. We just booked a uh, trip to Hawaii for post-football season. She wants to celebrate, as kind of do I. Listen, it's been a great season, but man, these weekends, uh, they chew up a lot of your time, but it's fun. It definitely is fun. And I want to start the show today with the fun phrase, recency bias. We all know it, right? Life, work. And oh my gosh, sports, recency bias. It's a, I would say it's the biggest story for the best weekend of football all season. That's this weekend, divisional playoff weekend, where 
everybody is all over the underdogs this weekend in the NFL. And it's because why? And, and folks, obviously, you know, my gambling podcast coming up winners. We talk about this all the time. People gamble on what they just saw. Oh, the Colts have won 10 of 11. I love them this weekend going into Kansas City. The Cowboys have won 8 of 9. How about that win over Seattle? I, of course they're going to beat the Rams. And the Eagles, I mean, Nick Foles, how can you pick against him? And so, folks, the public is all over the underdogs this weekend. I won't even mention producer Gavin's Chargers, who proved me wrong last week, taking down the Ravens. Everybody and their mom is on the Chargers this weekend. So recency bias is at play, and it's almost like we've forgotten what a full-season body of work means to teams like the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, and, and we will do a lot on the Patriots later. We know they're in a special category. If you saw me on the herd yesterday, yeah, Patriots fans, I know you're ticked off. We'll get into that later. But the one number that I've heard all week, and if you haven't heard it, you're probably listening to the wrong people or reading the wrong articles. Uh, underdogs in the NFL playoffs last season plus this past wildcard weekend, underdogs are 14-1. and one. That's an incredible streak. 14 and 1. Last year, of course, they were 10 and 1 in the playoffs. I believe the only cover was the Patriots taking down Marcus Mariota and the Titans. But otherwise, underdogs reigned. They were dominant. And that's why the general public, and I'm counting not just public gamblers, but when you turn on these sports shows, even guys who cover the NFL, they're the public. Okay. They don't understand the difference between Las Vegas power rankings and their rankings, their power rankings, who's the best, but you know, that's very, a very public way to look at it. And they're all gravitating toward the dogs this weekend. I think that's scary people. I'm trying to talk you out of it. Listen, I'm trying to make you better at eyeing where the advantages are in gambling. Okay. Now it doesn't just happen in sports. And uh, if you guys have been listening to this show, regularly or even periodically over the last few months, you know I've been hyping the movie A Star is Born. Okay? Sam, by the way, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it. Come on, man. I want to. This movie's so darn good. It's going to win all the awards. You're going to see the the great moments during the award shows here in the coming weeks. But I came on the show and said, it's probably the best movie I've seen in the last five years. Folks, that's recency bias, okay? Just for fun last night, okay? I went and looked at the last five years worth of movies. Now, I'm not going to go through all the best ones, but I'm just going to rattle off a couple. And yes, A Star is Born is certainly amazing. But when you look at the movies over the last five years that I liked, well, a lot of superhero movies. Black Panther was amazing, okay? Wonder Woman was phenomenal. Thor, Ragnarok, Justice League, I mean, these were great movies. You walk out of the theater after seeing, uh, whether it's Avengers, Infinity War, uh, Thanos, the one with Thanos. Like, these movies were phenomenal. Now, A Star is Born is great. But, uh, I mean, you could go look at the Star Wars movies the last five years. I know some people didn't love the Han Solo movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, Star Wars, A Force Awakens, Rogue One. It's like, am I sure A Star is Born? 
is the best movie I've seen in the last five years. Don't forget, Get Out. Get Out was amazing. Loved that movie. Um, I know this one won't be as popular. Red Sparrow. Did you guys see that with Jennifer Lawrence? I, I saw photos of it. Yeah, you saw photos of it, obviously. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence, all kinds of naked. But it's a good movie. Um, a couple Jurassic Park movies in the last five years. I forgot about this one totally. The Revenant, Leo DiCaprio. Awesome. Unbelievably good movie. Of course, American Sniper, another Bradley Cooper classic. Gone Girl was excellent. Listen, have you seen Ready Player One? That movie is great. If you like 80s, I'm seeing a head nod no on Ready Player One. But bottom line is recency bias got me too when I typed up A Star is Born. Now, I will maintain that it's awesome and you should see it. But it also happens. Like, you go out to a restaurant. You have a great steak. This is the best steak I've ever had. You know, my wife has booked a a good restaurant tonight for my birthday. And I know I'm going to come out of there. This is the best meal I've ever had. And all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I did go to that restaurant in Chicago, Alinea. And that's got to be the best meal I've ever, you know. So recency bias is at play. And don't fall into that trap this weekend in the NFL. Now, I will say there are two underdogs I kind of like this weekend. We'll get into it here on the show. But if you look at it from a gambling perspective, this awesome weekend in the NFL, of course, Cowboys, Rams tonight. Chiefs, Colts kind of feels like a JV opener. If you've seen the photos this morning, it snowed overnight in Kansas City. And the entire stadium, all the seats are covered in snow. Have fun at that one, folks, if you're going uh, instead of watching it on TV. But when you look at the weekend's games from a gambling perspective, when the underdogs go 14-1, and these markets tend toward efficiency. So this is not when you're sitting at a roulette table saying, oh my gosh, red has come up 10 times in a row. It's got to come up black next. No, no, that's the gambler's fallacy. That's a mistake. Don't fall for that. It's different in the NFL because what you're going to see is Vegas is going to shade the lines knowing that the public is going to bet the underdogs. So Vegas is going to give value to the favorites. You got to look at it from that perspective. Folks, the Indianapolis Colts, you know, you look at them two weeks ago before they had gotten to the playoffs, if you had said what they would have been in a playoff matchup in Kansas City, it would have probably been seven and a half. Now it's five, five and a half. It ticked up to six. They took some money back on the Colts. I'm, I'm just, be careful this weekend. You know it's a trap. You really betting against Tom Brady at home against the Chargers on the same weekend that you're going to bet against the Saints at home? Folks, do you know the Saints haven't lost a home playoff game in 25 years? Okay. And they were the best team in the NFL this season. But you, all of a sudden, you're going to ride St. Nick Foles in the Eagles. Okay. You guys know my affinity for Andrew Luck. Huge fan. And listen, his Colts defense is playing phenomenal. Uh, just a quick news flash: body of work over recency bias. The last top 10 quarterback the Colts have faced this year. Guy by the name of Tom Brady in early October. He shredded them. Okay, it's a trap. It's a trap, folks. Don't fall for all the underdogs. Now, I want to quickly, before we get to break here, I want to rank the games of interest, my interest level. And I think number one has to be Cowboys-Rams. Okay, Uh, I've talked to some Rams season ticket holders who I'm friends with out here. They're selling their tickets. Uh, When you can get six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. I know Rams fans are not going to be happy. But when you can get $800 for two tickets, I think you've got to take it. 
I mean, $800 for two tickets? Uh, uh, you know, you, you might even get more the closer you are to the field. Like, I think you've got to take that. Now, if you're a hardcore Rams fan and you go to training camp and, you know, you you got all the Rams gear and all this stuff, maybe you don't sell. Uh, I think it's going to be 70-30 Cowboys fans. And I can't wait to see Jason Garrett in a huge spot against a guy who has basically been the darling of the NFL this week. Folks, if you're paying attention to the NFL coaching carousel, essentially if you're friends with uh, Sean McVay on Facebook or, or you've ever had a coffee with Sean McVay, you are getting an NFL interview. And if he happens to follow you on Instagram, I mean, they're just going to hire you because Sean McVay is the man. He can do no wrong right now. Never mind that he's never won a playoff game <clears throat> in his brief career. He loses this. He's 0-2 in the playoffs, just putting that out there. So Rams-Cowboys for me is number one. I think Chargers-Patriots has to be number two because of the potential that we could see the end of the Patriots dynasty. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go deep into that later in the show. Patriots fans, I can hear you. I can hear you rolling your eyes. Oh, gosh, how long have we been hearing this? But you know, deep down in the bowels of your stomach, you are nervous as hell for this game because the Chargers have a better roster. And the end of a two-decade dynasty, it ain't pretty. So I I think Chargers, Patriots is second. I would lean to Saints-Eagles third. Um I think because it's the Nick Foles factor. St. Nick, the guy's on a hot streak. Uh, it feels like he can't lose. He's that crap. He's that hot roller at the craps table who just can't lose. But again, it's the Saints at home. And I guess Colts, Chiefs would be four. And it's not like I'm not interested in this game. Uh, but it's the first game televised this weekend for a reason. So that's how I would rank the games. I will say this. Don't text me. My friends out there, don't text me what's happening at the end of Colts Chiefs. My son and daughter have back-to-back basketball games, and you're darn right I will be at both of them. Uh, there's a DVR for a reason. So I will be. I will miss the end of Colts Chiefs. I will have to sprint home, watch it on the DVR. I'll have to stay off my phone. Um, but it's, it's a great weekend for football, and really enjoy it. Because after this Saturday, folks, no football on Saturdays for the next eight months. So be prepared. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Have you guys, I'm sure our younger listeners are familiar with the call-out culture in sports right now. The call-out culture. It's ugly. It's not just happening in sports. It's happening in politics. It's happening in education. It's just a bad thing. And there's a guy who runs a popular social media account who treads near that territory. And I told him I want to talk to him about it. I hope he's not nervous. It should be a good discussion, but it's happening a lot. I I wish we could stop the momentum of it, but I don't know if that's possible. And then, of course, there is an NBA topic I want to get to. Crazy superstar could be on the trading block. Uh, We'll get to that in about 15 minutes, but a lot of NFL today. Definitely stick around. Talk to you soon. It's a trap. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one. We've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back here on The Big Lead. Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Our next guest, oh boy, he ruffles feathers, man. He really ticks off a lot of people. And at the same time, he also has made a lot of friends in the industry because, uh, you know, it's weird. When I started the blog, The Big Lead, I would say about a year and a half in, we started to get a lot of media members wanted to get chummy with us because they saw we had like, you know, whatever counts as power in the blog world like a decade ago. And the same deal was happening with Deadspin. You wanted to be chummy with the people who could take you down. You wanted to get on the ends with them before they could come at you, right? You wanted to make a preemptive strike. So our next guest has essentially done that with a Twitter handle. You probably know him as at Old Takes Exposed. He also is on Instagram. 
Uh, Fred Siegel joining the show. Fred, good morning. How are you? Hey, Jason. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Great. It's going awesome. Uh, You know, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. And, like, you know, we we talk pretty frequently uh, on social media about kind of what you've built and and how it's working out. Tell me, can you just talk to me about the growth uh, from what you've seen of feedback from not only the media but from fans out there over, I don't know, the last two years? Because you quit your job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Quit his day job. Okay. (laughs) Well, what I did was, well, at the beginning, I think it was more of like a phenomenon. Uh, When I first started the feed and it became big, probably around February 2016, when Sports Illustrated picked it up, that's when it just blew up. And um, the feed started to become a big phenomenon now. I think now, I think more and more media folks are considered as a nuisance. Uh, <laughs> You're a nuisance, Fred. I think so. Um, part of the reason why, and I'll tell you why, is this. I think people, the, what I have done, I think I've helped with, is allow media folks to not take themselves as seriously. They huh. will post They will post something they got it wrong, and they'll be able to realize, hey, it's not that bad for people to know I got this wrong. They used to take this very seriously. Um, I think a lot of people will repost it. What they don't like, and I, I think it's understandable, is when every time they say something on Twitter or tweet something, no matter what it is that even resembles a prediction or a take, I will get tagged under it fifty times. Huh? Now, why do you yeah. think people? Why do you think it's a nuisance? Because in the end, in media now, isn't it all about hey, getting your name out there, getting people to know? It, it should be. Uh, I think that uh, I think that when I post something from somebody who gets something wrong, they will uh, they'll, they'll get a lot of attention from it. But I think that they just are annoyed with everything that they post. Uh, somebody kind of telling me about it as they post it to look out for it. Interesting. And it's just like uh, it, 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 I think it gets it's just annoying to them. We're talking think, with Fred Siegel. Freezing cold takes uh, at old takes exposed. So, Fred, now one of the things I wanted to talk to you about uh, in regards to, uh, you know, Twitter takes. So we've discussed this last year uh, about deleting old tweets. Once I saw Mm -hmm. these superstar athletes, whether it's Dante DiVincenzo or any pitcher in baseball or whatever, they were getting called out for stuff they said, I don't know, like 10 years ago when they were teenagers. And right. it was maybe taking money out of their pocket or costing them a job, right? You yeah. said the wrong yeah. thing on Twitter and you forgot about it because, you know, you Correct. fire off tweets. Um, and, I, and I asked you about deleting old tweets because you do call out people for deleting tweet predictions. Yeah. Well, what about a guy like me? So as after I told you I was going to do it, I've t- deleted probably 150,000 <laughs> tweets. And it's not selectively going through. There's an app you can do where you just say delete yeah. my old tweets. And I basically have done that. And I have uh-huh. no problem doing it. It's not about my takes. It's like, Fred, I don't remember what I said as yeah. a new Twitter guy in 2008 <laughs> or whatever. So where, where do you stand on deleting tweets that well, way? Well, if, it, if you're going to do something, I think that anybody should be deleting tweets that uh, it, it would be best for you to delete your tweets that are going to, that you believe are going to um, be used by someone, could be used by someone to impugn your character. There is no doubt about that. I don't know how any athlete these days does not ha- has not deleted their tweets um, from ba- the past, or any agent has not told an athlete. The first thing you're doing is deleting all your tweets. 
Um, I can't believe it still happens. This happens. But in terms of impugning your character, that's fine. And I guess that you can't just go through 150,000 tweets and say, uh, this, this one's impugning my character. This, one, <laughs> this one's a prediction. I think that where, where, pe- where I make fun of somebody is when I, when I call somebody out and then they delete it. <laughs> the second that's after funny. I call them out, yeah. um, <laughs> that's where really I, I make fun of people for deleting the tweet. Totally. Agree. Because I, I wouldn't find it if it was already deleted. Someone finds it, sends it to me, I post it, then they delete it. Okay. Um, Th- that's interesting because so that, and they, that basically the agent and the athlete would have to sit down and go through all the buzzwords that could get you in trouble. Uh, Okay, would, is that a them, dangerous word? So that's why I just took them all down. I, I would, say. I would have them. T- I would have the athlete take them all out. Yeah. But in terms of an athlete saying, like, if I went back and found an, athlete, I'm talking about tweets that impugn your character, not like old predictions. If I'm talking about an athlete, I go find Dante DiVincenzo's tweet that says uh, uh, the Patriots are going to beat the Giants in the Super Bowl, and they didn't. That's not going to be bad. Right. Right. Uh, so that that's not. The problem. The problem is the ones that are going. That people are going to use to impugn your character, and I, I don't get into those. I just don't do that. Like I'm not going to look for someone sweet. Uh, well, the ones I think that are funny from the old players are the ones like where they get drafted by a team, and they hated that team right. when they were a kid. Like when they, they someone gets drafted by uh, the Celtics, and I hate the Celtics. Whether the tweet from four years before, that's funny to me. I don't think that's going to impugn a kid's character. That's just a laughable one. Uh, so we'll talk, we'll those I'll, I'll post, yeah. but uh, uh, I'm not going to post one that, that, that that's going to get a kid in trouble from something they did when they're 15. I just don't agree with that. We'll talk with Fred Siegel. He runs at Old Takes Exposed. All right, so Fred, I had sent you a podcast uh, Joe Rogan did recently with some sociologist who, excuse me, was talking about the call-out culture that's really becoming a thing right now, not just sports, politics, uh, education, and, and it's getting ugly out there because it's almost like people are treating it as a game. Hey, man, I pick up my phone, I go through my mentions, and nobody's talking about me. Oh, but you know what? If I find something this guy did, oh, man, we could get that guy. And it's almost like yeah. there's a scoreboard out there. And, yeah. like, you know, I wonder, do and I know you don't do that, but do you yeah. think other, other accounts, uh, whether it's, like, old player tweets or whatever it is, do you think they picked up on you were onto something with, oh, this is this gotcha thing is kind of funny, and they said, well, how do I advance it and make it stronger? And they're now going after and calling out whether it's athletes, media members, whatever. Uh, do you think people are kind of copying you but taking it to the next level, which is a little scary? Well, I think I think the people who do that um, and the way that they were talking about in that podcast, and I listened to it too, is is for a vindictive, a competitive nature. So when you see it in politics all the time, uh, there's, there's, there's usually an agenda behind it. Mm-hmm. You're calling someone out because you want to further advance your agenda in politics, whether you're a, whether you're a politician. Um, we've seen the president do it. Uh, we've seen people do it to the president numerous times. Uh, whether, whether you... Whether you're going to try to further your political agenda, and or you're going to try to further someone, uh, you have a rival in the, the acting industry or some sort, of, and you want to make that rival the character. Uh, people believe that that person has a bad character, then you're going to go after them. All these things are based on agenda. Yes, I don't know if they've picked it up for me because sports is kind of a sub niche of 
everything else. But I think that uh, I think that it's being used in that way. It's being used as a weapon. That's dangerous um, because uh, that ruins people's careers yeah. and, and ruins people's lives. And sometimes, sometimes it may be uh, valid, but sometimes it really is unnecessary and it's just used to create uh, uh, more havoc to a person right. or a political party. And I think that that's where it gets really dangerous. So, Fred, that's interesting. Let me get you out of here on this one. And this is, you know, where it gets a little weird. You use the word agenda, which is, I think, accurate. Definitely yeah. happening in politics. What happens in sports, and listen, I see this in guys who cover the media, okay? They protect their own dudes. And I try to help the guys at the big lead and say, we can't only protect these guys because, you know, you want to stay in with these guys or these guys might want to hire you. But from your perspective, what happens when the media starts co-opting you to pump them up or try to in the thing, oh, hey, Fred, you know, we could we could buy old takes exposed here. We could bring you under our yeah. wing. You know, and I mean, have you sensed any of that yet? Because if you haven't, listen, it's coming. It's going to happen. <laughs> you know, well, I think you know it. And you know, hey, man, there could be a pot of gold here for me. Maybe I, you know, and I know it's a tough, delicate balance. But how would you handle that sort of thing? And it's tough because you've got a family. You know, we all got families to feed, right? Uh, well, I think it's a situation that I'm in now. I think that people are accepting of getting their old post takes posted, um, especially predictions. I think people in the media have realized that predictions, failed predictions are not uh, something that's going to ruin your credibility. Uh, you think it, they, it, it seems like it from the outside, but I think that people, I, I, anyone that I've been, I've talked to, I've become friendly with, I've, I've, I've had relationships with, I still get them. I probably post them, it takes even more. Huh, interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Like the other day, like I, I, I talked to you a lot, and I posted your uh, Bears, Ravens. By the way, predictor. I did not send it. Just so you guys know, I did not send that to him, but I know a million people did. Because as you said, right, people are oh, there's a lot of people who hate the stuff I put out there and send it to you instantly. Listen, Fred, I'll just as a heads up, Fox had me. The bracket did so well. I'm sure you helped the traffic. It was like the number two clicker of anything Fox posted all season. Uh, yeah, so yeah, well, they had me do another one, Fred. So there's another yeah. one coming out this morning. Uh, just be ready, okay? <laughs> be ready, yeah, and I, I don't I mind the assault. The social media team at Fox uh, is very good at providing material of all the takes. <laughs> they un- so, I think they um, get the game. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But I think at this moment, I don't think that anyone cares. It's, it's about, do you know what people do care about when they get scoops wrong? Um, yeah. And I will post those. That hurts credibility. But uh, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, scoops. When they miss out on scoops, it hurts credibility. But when they miss out on predictions, like uh, um, you know, Colin said that uh, the Cowboys were going to beat the uh, Seahawks. He was right there, but I mean, if he was wrong, you know, he he get you know, Colin Coward he gets stuff wrong every day. Oh, everybody does. Uh, if you got to do yeah, a radio yeah. show five days a week, uh-huh. a website, yeah. TV, you know, like you got to make predictions. That's yeah, and I don't think he cares too much. Not at all. Not uh, at all. <laughs> all right, Fred. Hey, I'll let I'll let you get out of here. Good stuff, Fred. As usual, you got to follow him at Old Takes Exposed. He's gonna find him if you screw up and make a wrong prediction. And sports are unpredictable, so he's gonna get you. Hey, Christian Hackenberg for life, baby. <laughs> all right, Fred. <laughs> that was the area you're worth. <laughs> Have <think>. a good one. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Take it easy. That was Fred Siegel, folks. It's it's a fun game. Sports are unpredictable. That stuff does not bother me. I'm fine with it. You hit, you miss, you move on to the next day. Coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. 
big NBA star may or may not be on the trading block. He got in another tiff with his team last night. Oh, boy. Wait till you hear this. But first, let's go to Deb Carson for the What's Trending in Sports. All righty, Jason, sticking with the NBA. Last night, another big night for James Harden. His third 40-point triple-double, 43 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists as the Rockets rip the Cavaliers 141-113. Steph Curry continues to move up the leaderboard. He is now third on the all-time three-pointers list. He passes Jason Terry as the Warriors beat the Bulls 149-109. So Curry trails only Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. Sticking with hoops, Hall of Fame... Hall of Famer Scotty Pippen's son, Scotty Pippen Jr., has committed to Vanderbilt. He was a four-star guard out of Sierra Canyon here in Los Angeles. College football news, Alabama star defensive lineman Quinn and Williams, a redshirt sophomore, is leaving school early to enter the NFL draft. News from hockey, 34-year-old Rick Nash announced he is retiring from the sport because of symptoms from a concussion he suffered last March. Advice from doctors... Uh, Nash is taking that. He says his risk of brain injury is too great if he continues to play the sport. Among the players who avoided arbitration in Major League Baseball, Red Sox star Mookie Betts will get $20 million bucks for his services in the upcoming season. Cy Young Award winner Jacob deGrom and the Mets agreed to a $17 million salary from 2019. Chris Davis and the A's reached a $16.5 million deal and a sweet raise for Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor who will make $10.5 million. Bucks. That's nearly $10 million more than he made this past season. We'll be back to the big lead with Jason McIntyre in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is Fox Sports Radio's The Big Lead with Jason McIntyre. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Deb. Back here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So when I saw this story this week, I was just stunned because it made absolutely no sense. And it actually reminded me of how another potential dynasty blew up. Um, I can't believe that the Sixers would actually trade Ben Simmons. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But... Again, as the Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons triumvirate continues to explode, Lakers and Clippers fans need to pay very, very close attention to this. Uh, I mean, you've really got to focus hard because I, I, I can't stress this enough. When Ben Simmons was coming out of LSU, he wanted to go to the Lakers. He did. I don't care. You guys can deny it all you want. Ben Simmons refused to work out for anybody for a long time leading up to the draft. His his agents exhausted every opportunity. And when they realized, hey, listen, you can't go to the Lakers now. We've got to start in Philly. Then he could capitulate and said, I will, uh, inter- I will interview with you guys. I will work out. Here's a physical, blah, blah, blah. But he, he was injured, missed the first year. Last year, he was tremendous. And, of course, this year, he's been very good, but Sixers lost again last night. No Joel Embiid. Um, it's pretty clear this Sixers move since the Jimmy Butler deal is not working. 
And this is where Lakers and Clippers fans need to pay attention. So last night, Ben Simmons called the team soft after this loss to Atlanta. So then Jimmy Butler comes in the media room, takes questions and says, no, we're not soft. I don't know what he's talking about. And it's like, what is good? Can you guys get on the same page? And and this is, uh, Gavin, I don't know if you'll like this, but when I compare this trio, the first other trio that comes to mind, Oklahoma City with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Now, those guys got along. They were young guys. But in this, it feels like Jimmy Butler is Kevin Durant, right? Not talent-wise, obviously, but a guy who's going to do his own thing, right? You know he's going to get his buckets. He's just a great player. And I think Butler is the Durant in this situation. I think Joel Embiid is Russell Westbrook, a unique talent and a guy who thinks he can do it all by himself. Joel Embiid thinks, oh, I can handle this. I'll win the championship. Like, a little delusional, which is fine. You know, to be great, you have to be a little delusional. And here's where Ben Simmons is James Harden. And James Harden, remember, was a sixth man with OKC when they went to the finals. And Harden was really good, and then they made the mistake of trading him. They didn't see him as, you know, the superstar that he's become. And I think this Sixers chatter about trading Ben Simmons is similar to James Harden. I, I'm a huge Ben Simmons fan. I realize he can't shoot. I don't care. He's 22 years old. He's 22. He can defend all five positions. He's a wizard with the basketball. So what if he can't shoot? You guys realize Magic Johnson could not shoot, right? Now, I know it was a different era. He didn't shoot many threes. Magic was not the shooter that everybody thinks he was. He was not a three-point guy. Now, Ben Simmons refuses to shoot. Slight difference, but he's 22. Relax. So, Zach Lowe of ESPN had a really interesting article, and he's a connected guy who doesn't toss stuff out there about the Sixers trading maybe Ben Simmons. And the name that keeps coming up is Anthony Davis. Oh, well, Ben Simmons went to LSU. Anthony Davis, probably not long for New Orleans. Can you imagine Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid? And I'm like, what? I would sooner build around Ben Simmons than Joel Embiid. Now, Embiid has the fan base because he's out there. He's Mr. Social Media. Ha, 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 Rihanna. Ha, 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 I'm funny. I'm, you know, and whatever. Do your thing, Embiid. I would sooner build around Ben Simmons. And if I'm Clippers, if I'm the Clippers or the Lakers, I am looking hard. Oh, Jimmy Butler can be had before the deadline? They're going to move on from him? Really? I would start making calls to the Clippers, and I think teams are about Jimmy Butler because it just hasn't been pretty since he's been there. Remember, he allegedly challenged the coach in a film session, uh, according to Woj. And I, I, you guys know, if you listen to the show regularly, I am all in on Jimmy Butler. I've always been a fan. I, I'm not worried with the stuff that happened in Chicago and Minnesota because I believe what happened in Minnesota is happening in Philadelphia, you got some soft millennials in that locker room who are struggling with a tough kid from Texas who's had to overcome a lot, who's a scrapper, who's had to fight for everything he's earned. I absolutely love everything about Jimmy Butler. If I'm the Clippers, I call. And frankly, if I'm the Lakers and Ben Simmons could be had, holy cow, am I calling for Ben Simmons. Listen, and let's be honest, Lonzo also not a great shooter, is probably a better fit with Joel Embiid. Gavin, think about this. Lonzo's a pass-first guy. He's not going to clog the lane. Simmons needs the lane. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're the Lakers, do you even call with, hey, Lonzo and Ingram, give us Ben Simmons? Do you think they would ever entertain that? I mean, I, I, I think they should. I'm, I am so on board with trade everyone except Kuzma. Like at this point. <laughs> Kuzma, another Obviously awful shooting game. Yeah. So listen, folks, keep an eye. Lakers and Clippers fans have very much uh, to gain from monitoring this situation. Remember, it, it, Butler's going to be a free agent. If the Sixers get a whiff that he's not coming back, you got to trade him. You have to. So that is, you know, I, I know a lot of people tune out the NBA. Christmas is like the start of the season, right? You get that bump. And then January, there's the NFL coaching carousel, which we'll get to shortly. College football, uh, transfer stuff is insane. The coach is there too. Um, you get some college basketball conference play. NBA kind of slides under the radar. Monitor this. Another month to the trade deadline. Keep an eye on Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler. Coming up next here on the big lead Fox Sports Radio. Two dynasties heading in opposite directions. We'll tell you who that is next on the big lead. Back here on the big lead. Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jason McIntyre. I know you guys can't wait for an uh, update on my son's second grade basketball team. Won our opener 46 to 2. Yay. Yeah, 46 2. It, it was wow. not intentional. It, listen. I was going to say, that's running up the score. No, no, no. Yeah, listen. We were playing the worst, probably one of the worst teams. Uh, we didn't know that. And it was pretty clear. We did not. Uh, I was here doing the show last week. Uh, and one of my other coach um, basically said we didn't shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. We did not. They just passed it around. Um, we didn't didn't want to add in. So we tried to get everybody a bucket. Uh, one guy didn't score. And then we had all 10 at practice on uh, Thursday. I know you guys care. Second grade basketball. And we are going to be ready today. Um, I can't. I'm having so much fun with this. The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Guy we have on the show regularly, Dan Wolken, USA Today. He had an interesting tweet I, I thought I could build a segment out of. He said, over, under... 3.5 national championships for Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. 3.5. And, I mean, I took half a second and said, give me the over. He's got two. 3.5? Uh, Dabo's 49. Nick Saban is 67. What has he got? Three more years, maybe? Jim Harbaugh probably going to be gone to the NFL soon. Urban Meyer gone. Maybe he'll come back. I mean, everything on earth points to Dabo Sweeney definitely topping 3.5. He plays in the ACC. It's a joke. Florida State rebuilding, Virginia Tech rebuilding. Syracuse is going to be good, but like Clemson's got a dynasty building there. Trevor Lawrence, two more years. I, listen, I'm not going to say he's going to win the next two, but I would say Trevor Lawrence will be in the playoff the next two years. Fair? And he's probably going to win one of those. But the pushback is, listen, you go back to World War One, World War Two, like winning four titles like doesn't happen. Nick Saban, Woody Hayes, John McKay. Urban's got three. Newt Rockney has three. Switzer has three. Here's the thing. College football has become so regional now that it's all about the South. 
And if you look at like the last 14 championships, they've all come from the South. I mean, it's a lock that Dabo is going to get over three and a half. I, I don't even, like if you're Georgia and Alabama and even Auburn, like you got to go through the SEC. LSU's got a great team. They got a lot of guys back. Have you looked at their schedule? It's going to be like impossible for them to get to the national championship. Georgia is loaded. Like, I actually think Washington. Washington, by the way, loses their quarterback, but they get the kid Jacob Eason, who used to be a Georgia very good quarterback. Like, it's much easier to come out of the Pac-12 and get to the playoff than it is the SEC. You're going to have to deal with Alabama until Saban's gone. Georgia stacked. Texas A&M is loaded. Their schedule's brutal. And then you got Clemson in the ACC. Like, just lock up Clemson. Syracuse, I'm sorry, they're not getting to the playoff. Like, they're good. It's not happening. So, folks, Dabo Sweeney, three and a half down. I'll get to it later, but how is the NFL not calling Dabo Sweeney? Guy's friggin' amazing. Really good coach. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, gambling picks for all four games of the best weekend in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Final Saturday with football for the next eight months. Oh, boy. You got to really let this soak in, folks. Even like me, if you have other stuff afoot today, I got both my kids' basketball games, my daughter's kindergarten Debut. Although I will add this, uh, out here in LA, it rained big time overnight. Nick, is it still raining outside? Uh, it's drizzling. Drizzling. Yeah, yeah well, really they, light. We got the outdoor courts out here in LA for her league, so they they may not play. And my son, uh, his team indoors later today. So I will have to DVR the football games. I won't miss them. It's a great, great weekend for football. And joining us as always to break down. The gambling aspect of Divisional Weekend. My man, T.A. T.A., how are you, man? Are you are you feeling good about this weekend or not? I know the lines are tight, but let me hear your initial thoughts. Hey, what's up, Jason? Uh, yeah, I um, you know, I, I mentioned to you on text that I don't have a great feel, really, for, for any of these games in terms of just a strong opinion. Last week, you know, I was on here and I gave you guys uh, Indy was an easy win. Easy. Um, I, I, I gave you guys Dallas, although depending on what line you got, I got it at one and a half. So you know, I know some people got two or two and a half, unfortunately. But you know that was that was pretty. Uh, I've never seen a uh, backdoor cover like that with two two point conversions without a kicker. Uh, but then it got the Eagles as well. So I got the essentially a two and one or three and zero. Oh. Didn't really have a feel on the Chargers game as I already have uh, um, you know a Charger Super Bowl ticket. But yes. Um, I do. I do feel a little. I'm not as strong as is. You know, I'm a little more nervous this week. I'll say that. Okay. So as a gambler, you know, and um, you know, there's only a couple games left in the football season. What's the play? You never want to force something. Do you do a half unit play? Do you? Because listen, you can't. I mean, once this is over for you, I don't. What March Madness? I'll gamble on that. But I'm not gambling on baseball. I'm not gambling no. on NBA regular season. No, no, yeah, this it's really it's really comes down to uh, the NFL and then March Madness, like you said. So it's a little it's a, it's a depressing period. I'm not gonna lie. But right, uh, so let me start you with this. Uh, I opened the show talking about how the public is all over the underdogs. 
Now, we go back and forth on this. Listen, the public is going to win some games. But I don't know if you saw this. Uh, one of these uh, TV shows in the morning over at ESPN, they had their guys pick, and all four of them picked the Cowboys to win. Uh, you know, is there too many? Are the Rams the smart play here? Well, so it's funny. I'm the one who posted that. So. Oh, are you? Okay, okay. I just saw it this morning. I, I was just scrolling through yeah. quickly. Wow. Yeah, because I was shocked that someone sent that to me. And, you know, these are straight-up picks. These aren't against the spread. And for all four to pick the Cowboys to win, and then you've got three of the four picking the Colts to win <laughs> outright, I was shocked. And I've seen, you know, look, I've, I've heard and, and seen other, um, you know, people on TV and radio say, you know, pick Dallas outright. And I've got to tell you, Jason, I have never – um, I'm not sure I've ever seen uh, an underdog getting seven points or more be so popular to win outright in a playoff game in my life. I- I'm not sure I've ever seen it compared to Dallas. So, um, and look, I get it. Dallas looked pretty good last week. That you know, everyone sees the Rams kind of struggle late in the year. They can't stop the run. It's kind of an easy narrative. But you know, when you dissect this game a little bit, I, I lean I lean to the Rams. I don't love it, but I lean to the Rams. You know, Dallas on the road just isn't the same team as home. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it a bunch of times. I picked Dallas towards, you know, late towards the year um, because I uh, really like Dallas at home. They, they outplay teams much better at home than they do on the road. They don't have an explosive offense. You know, they can run the ball, obviously. But when you're playing the Rams, you know, you can't just grind it out and run, you know, 30 times and expect to expect to win. I well, TA um, with Seattle hung with them twice with the heavy run game. Now they did mix in some Russell Wilson play action, but you know Seattle was able to cover against them twice doing that. Well, but you know, like you said, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson gets the ball down the field when they yeah. allow him to throw. When Schottenheimer lets the team, lets Russell Wilson throw the ball, <laughs> he can get it. Look, and they only cover. I had Seattle in that second one. They only covered because it was a backdoor. Like they needed a late backdoor yes, touchdown to cover that game, yep. and that that line I think was ten. I, I'll just say Dallas um, against the pass has not been great lately. The last five games, um, they're bottom five in the NFL in explosive pass plays allowed. Mm-hmm. So you can get the ball downfield, and I think now that Gurley has what four weeks off um, to get healthy, I think he'll be okay. Look, I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout. I just think um, you know. The, the Rams are just uh, going to outclass them. And at the end of the day, look, if you can fade the public here, it doesn't always work. Yep. Um, I just can't imagine everybody being right and, and seeing that the you know Cowboys not only going to cover, but going to win. All right, so, T.A., you lean Rams. Not an official pick, but uh, where are you on the other games? Is, what would be your favorite if you had to bet? And you could get obscure here, player props, first half, totals, whatever. Oh, I'll t- I mean, if you want, uh, so I, I, I'll, I'll we'll go in chrono- chronological order. I mean, I like the Chiefs. I don't love them. I like the Chiefs. I wish if the weather, if it's not going to snow and it's not very windy, it's I would snowing. Take the over. <laughs> it's snowing now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would take the over. Um, now, I, again, if, if you know, as we get closer to game time, I'd wait and see how bad it is. It's mainly it's more wind than than snow that you have to worry about. But I think both teams are going to score at will. I'll just say this with the Chiefs. You know, I'd lean uh, minus five and a half on the side. Um, look, I love the Colts. They were one. They were probably my most favorite uh, overpick before the season from yes. the win total. I got. I actually have a um, a buddy who's on the. Uh, you know, we've texted on the side about this uh, on the coaching staff uh, of the Colts that I know. I won't name him, but he he's described all year about how you know that defense is a bunch of no names, and they you know he's got to use smoke and mirrors to essentially they got to slow down the 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 opposing offenses. But the the, the thing with with the Colts is. 
they faced the easiest offensive schedule mm-hmm. uh, in the last three years in the NFL. So oh, this year, they, three years. they faced one team that, that's the top 15 in offense, and that was uh, New England. So they, they haven't really had to go up against uh, you know many good quarterbacks, many good offenses. So it's, it's you know, between scheme and schedule, I think they've done a really good job slowing teams down. This is, a, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a totally different animal. Yeah. So I think the Chiefs are going to be able to put up points um, you know, and a big, big, if you're looking for a potential prop, um, you know, the, the Colts are dead last defending tight ends. They allow close to 80 yards per game. It's not good uh, news. <laughs> not good news against Kelsey. So I think Kelsey's going to have a big day. And I think the Chiefs, you know, I would lean Chiefs to cover in a high scoring game. And so, uh, TA, if you're looking for an underdog, is there an underdog you think could pull it off? Uh, you know, Eagles are getting eight, eight and a half. Um, I don't Chargers. Chargers appear to be one of your favorite teams, as always. Uh, I know you said you have the Super Bowl futures. Uh, am I getting too much into the, gosh, I can't wait for the Patriots to end? Please, Chargers. I like both underdogs tomorrow. So Ooh. I do like the Chargers, even though I've got the prop. I think they're just a bad. I tweeted it out right after the game last week. They are a better overall team yeah. than the Patriots. Nobody can deny that. I think the Patriots are getting... You know, support because of you know obviously Belichick and Brady and historically and they're, they've been really good at home. Um, but I think you know, I think the, the Chargers are the team that can um, derail this you know this, this Patriots team. And I think if you're getting over a field goal, I think it's a gift. Um, now the only thing that can really you know, I think the two biggest things that hurt the Chargers you know are the weather. You know, it's supposed to be 20 degrees, and yeah. the fact that they got to go back to back East Coast trips at one o'clock. That you know that does. Does uh, you know concern me a little bit? But I mean, you're in the playoffs. Your, your your juices are flowing. I think I think they'll be okay there. Uh, if you like a prop, a prop that I love is Austin Eckler over. I see 26 <laughs> and a half rushing yards. And let me let me break this down for you. So um, I don't think many people realize New England's run defense has been really bad this year. They are 30th in the NFL in allowing explosive run plays. If you look at the last five weeks alone, they're dead last. Wow, um, and Austin Eckler, you know, if he's a little scat back that that you know puts up a bunch of explosive plays. He's faced five uh, bottom eight run defenses when you look at uh, explosive plays, uh, explosive run plays allowed, and 30, he's put up thirty carries for two hundred and forty four yards, wow. eight yards per carry. Austin okay? Eckler, folks, twenty six and a half. Yeah, it's twenty six and a half. All you need, if you can get six to eight carries, I think you hit it easily. Um, I can't believe that prop is so low. So that's one to take a look at. I mean, I think he's gonna he's gonna uh, break off a couple of big runs there. But so in terms of uh, a prop tomorrow, that's one I like. And then I think in the afternoon game, Eileen Eagles don't love it. It's scary going against Breeze on the road. But you know, when you look at uh, rematches historically, um, you know, teams off of a of a loss in the regular season of fourteen or more points in the rematch. Um, these teams on the road are fifteen and nine against the spread. So you know, the Eagles huh. got blown out against the Saints a handful of weeks ago. Now they're getting a revenge spot. And for what I've heard, the, the Saints uh, locker room is a little bit um, overconfident, I think, um, because of that first matchup. So, I don't know, I just think the Nick Foles magic, believe if he's good or not, I'm not sure, but uh, I think there's something to it. And I would lean getting uh, over a touchdown. All right, let me just quickly push back. So, Eagles, this will be their fifth road game in six weeks. Does that matter at all to you? Like you said, it's a playoff. Juices are flowing. And, okay. You know, you're not, you know, the travel isn't that bad. All right. Uh, now, uh, let me get to the next one before we, uh, 
Listen, I, I've been pushing this Von Miller trade idea, and I, you know, you push back against it. If Foles wins this game, TA, do you entertain trading Carson Wentz? I personally don't. Like, I'm not a really. Guy. I'm not because look, I, look. If you win the Super Bowl, sure. I mean, <laughs> if Foles goes back to back Super Bowl, then it's tough to deny. But <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, you, you've got limited sample size with Foles. People forget last year. Um, you know, they almost lost that Atlanta game, and he was terrible in that game. They, yes, true. Playoffs. They were one play away. Um, I just think Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. Everyone talks about his injury history. If you're a, if you're Denver and all you got to give up is Von Miller and one or two picks, you do that in a heartbeat. You get yeah. two years of Carson Wentz under the rookie contract. You can build your team around Wentz, and you can see if he holds up. If he doesn't hold up, if he gets hurt, okay, you let him go and, and move on. But if he's really that franchise quarterback that we all think he is, um, and he doesn't, you know, doesn't continue to get injured, then you've got yourself your franchise quarterback for the next. And season. lastly, uh, you know, we went back and forth, and I like when we disagree. It's healthy disagreement on the Freddie Kitchens hiring for your Browns. Um, history, and again, I, you know, history, you know, you can read into it what you want. History has said these guys who have been promoted don't always work out. Where are you on the Baker? Uh, Freddie Kitchens union with the Browns. Yeah, so I, I tweeted about three, four weeks ago that I thought that if they were going to, you know, the whole coaching search supposedly was surrounded about, you know, whoever comes in has to keep Kitchens. And I just said, well, if you, if you think that highly of a guy, just make him the head coach. I mean, he's beloved in the locker room. He's obviously, you know, the numbers that the that Baker and the, the, the Browns offense put up the last half of the year were, I mean, you're talking historical numbers. They put up seven and a half yards per play against the Ravens in week 17 in a must win when the Ravens had not allowed more than 6.2 in any other game this year, which is pretty impressive. I say, you know, to me, I saw that article from Jason. I went back and forth with you guys on this. I don't think there's really an apples to apples comparison to what, you know, Kitchens did with the Browns coming in halfway through a year, um, totally changing that offense, um, you know, versus other guys like a Bob, Ma- you know, a McAdoo, a Ben McAdoo, or, um, some of these other guys in the past that got promoted, you know, they got promoted because they went from a coordinator to head coach. I okay. mean, Kitchens came in halfway through a season, and you're able to see what a, a you know an experienced guy like Todd Haley uh, was able to not do, and you compared him to a guy like Kitchens who completely changed that offense. So you got to see firsthand how much better and you know the value added from Kitchens. Okay. So to, and to me, I think the personality mattered. You know, no one liked McAdoo. No one, you know, <laughs> I mean, right? That locker room didn't care for him. Everyone loves Freddie Kitchens. You see some of these NFL films, like uh, you know, put the microphone on the guy. Baker loves him. You know, the locker room loves him. I think his personality fits. So I just don't think it's a really um, you know great comparison to some of these other guys in the past. Uh, more likely to make the playoffs next year: Ohio State Buckeyes or the Cleveland Browns. Uh, does Justin Fields get to play? Does Justin Fields get to play next year? Well, how, why, why would he get to play? I mean, he's, I thought if you uh, transfer, you got to sit out a year. Uh, we've got the heart, there's a, that hardship uh, waiver that he's applying for. Oh, so he may be eligible next year. Oh, yeah, is that why Tate Martell is transferring? Absolutely, yeah. Ah, I was unaware. Oh, that's juicy. Now uh, it's not it's not guaranteed yet, but they're going through the process. But um, I would imagine if. Fields can play, then I think Ohio State. But if not, then uh, I'll take my Browns. Okay. All right, T.A., thanks as always. Listen, hey, it, it, as T.A. kind of lets you guys know, you don't have to bet every single game every weekend. There are only a few football games left. Uh, so be be wise with your money this weekend. All right, T.A., thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. All right, see you. 
Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know, T.A. mentioned it. Recency bias is a real thing. When you look around the internet and you turn on TV and radio and hear everybody picking the Cowboys, oh my gosh, this is dangerous, folks. We'll talk about that next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchange and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. A little Drake, huh? A little Drizzy? And Meek Mill. Meek Mill. That? that guy's so overrated. Hey, so uh, Nick, did you hear the Ben Simmons take driving in? 
<laughs> I did actually. And your reaction was what? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Basic. You know how angry the Philadelphia people are. I just went on social media during the break. I could imagine. It's y'all just anger. They're not trading. Be- okay, fair enough. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. Did you see last night after the game? He called the team soft. Ben Simmons did. Jimmy Butler said, "No, we're not soft. That's not the problem. It's just they're not getting along." Uh, and and remember, folks. Last week we opened the show saying. The NFL offseason is going to be as crazy as an NBA offseason. I'm telling you, this Von Miller stuff is fascinating. If you just heard that interview, me and T.A. talking gambling, there's an undercurrent of Von Miller potentially getting dealt in Denver. Now, I know a lot of Broncos fans will say, hey, wait, 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 wait. They just got Vic Fangio. You think he's going to trade Von Miller? Well, they got Bradley Chubb, who was awesome. Broncos are in rough shape. Um, it's going to be interesting. Very fascinating NFL offseason ahead. But the NFL off uh, season can wait until this weekend is over because we have a fascinating divisional playoff weekend ahead. Starts at, what, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 out here in L.A. And I think recency bias is really clouding everyone's Thoughts on this weekend's games. As you just heard me and T.A. debating, uh, everybody and their mom is picking the Dallas Cowboys to win straight up. They're seven-point underdogs. And recency bias is a real thing. Recency bias doesn't just happen in sports. It happens in sports gambling all the time. The public is overwhelmingly coming in on the underdogs because guess what? They just saw the underdogs last weekend clean up. Oh, man, the Cowboys have won 10 of 11. Oh, I'm sorry. The Colts have won 10 of 11. What? Why can't they go into Kansas City and win? Hey, the Cowboys have won 8 of 9. Sure, they can go into L.A. and take down the Rams. The Eagles, Nick Foles, I mean, come on. They took down the number one defense in the Bears. They also beat the Rams. Nick Foles beat the Texans. That's another top 10 defense. Of course, the Eagles can go into New Orleans and win. But recency bias is a funny thing, folks. I mean, we forget. The Saints haven't lost a home playoff game in 25 years. They were the number one team all season. Body of work matters. I mean, have we just forgotten that the Chiefs had a historically good offense this season with Patrick Mahomes? Are we just tossing that out the window because of recency bias? And the Indianapolis Colts, ladies and gentlemen, they haven't faced an elite quarterback, a top 10 quarterback since Tom Brady in early October. I'm not saying they're beating up cupcakes the way Alabama beats up on the Citadel, but they've beat a lot of bad quarterbacks. We got the list here. Ryan Tannehill. They lost to Cody Kessler. They beat Eli Manning. Deshaun Watson a couple times, Blaine Gabbert, Tom Brady. Folks, uh, they haven't beaten anybody since facing Tom Brady, and they lost to Brady badly in October. This is an overrated Colts defense. And and recency bias, I think a great example is myself when I look at how I've been hyping up A Star is Born, the great Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper movie. I've been advocating anybody I see in the streets – on inter- on the internet, on this radio show, TV, whatever. I've been pumping up this movie. It's the best movie I've seen in the last five years. 
So for kicks on this recency bias discussion, I looked up the movies in the last five years and oh my gosh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is The Star is Born really the best movie I've seen in the last five years? Superhero movies alone. I mean, Justice League was amazing. Avengers Infinity War, one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Black Panther, I loved. I could watch it over and over again. Folks, I liked Wonder Woman, Thor. And it's not just the superhero movies. The Star Wars movies in the last five years have been tremendous. Uh, Force Awakens was outstanding. The Last Jedi was excellent. The Han Solo movie, I absolutely loved. And it's not just superheroes. It's not just uh, Star Wars. Let's not forget, there were a couple good Jurassic Park movies. I loved Gone Girl. The Revenant with Leo DiCaprio. Have we forgotten how awesome that movie is? Don't fall victim to recency bias. I didn't even mention Get Out, which is really a tremendous movie. American Sniper, Bradley Cooper. I thought Ready Player One was outstanding. How about the movie Arrival? Did you guys see that? Excellent. So many good movies. I fall victim to recency bias. I mean, you know, I, er, earlier in the show, I said we're going to go out to dinner tonight for my birthday. And it's like, you might be sitting there at the table. This is the best steak I've ever had. Well, you know, I've had really, really good steaks. We've got to be careful with recency bias. And, and I'm telling you, folks, be careful betting on the underdogs this weekend. I do kind of like the Cowboys. Yes, I talked them up on the Cowherd Show yesterday. That was before I knew the entire betting public was all over Dallas. I like Gavin's L.A. Chargers. I know I pitched against them last weekend. Go Chargers! And the idea of them beating Brady in Foxborough is so exciting. I I mean, I, I can taste the joy as a Jets fan I would feel if the Chargers pulled it off. But don't fall victim. To recency bias. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. NFL's taking some dumb heat because all of a sudden, a lot of African American coaches were fired. And now there are, nobody's really hired, although there is speculation that Miami's about to uh, land an African American coach. Is this a problem for the NFL? I- I'm going to set the record straight next. But first, let's go to Deb Carson for the latest in sports. Well, Jason, the Chiefs say running back Spencer Ware is not expected to play in today's divisional round game against the Colts. The team's going to work him out in pregame warm-ups to test his hamstring, but they're calling him doubtful, so it looks like Damian Williams will likely remain Kansas City's primary back for the fourth straight game. That game kicks off 435 Eastern this afternoon from Arrowhead. Of course, tonight it's the Rams taking on the Cowboys. 815 Eastern in L.A. at the Coliseum. Rain right now trickling down in Los Angeles. Jaguars are interested in meeting with Gary Kubiak for their offensive coordinator gig, according to Adam Schefter. Kubiak and new Broncos head coach Vic Fangio reportedly had differences in offensive philosophy and staffing strategy, so Kubiak not the OC in Denver. Former Broncos head coach Vance Joseph has been hired by the Cardinals as their new defensive coordinator. While in Major League Baseball had several players who avoided arbitration with their respective teams, Mookie Betts will get $20 bucks from the Red Sox for his services in 2019. That's nearly double his 2018 salary during the MVP season. 
It'll be Jacob deGrom and $17 million bucks. The Cy Young Award winner getting that from the Mets. Chris Davis getting $16.5 million bucks from the A's. And Francisco Lindor of the Indians will make $10.55 million. That's nearly $10 million more than last year's $640,000 salary. On the advice of his doctors, 34-year-old Rick Nash announced his retirement from the NHL because of symptoms from a concussion he suffered last March. We'll be back with a big lead with Jason McIntyre in 10 seconds, but first, a word from farmers. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is Fox Sports Radio's The Big Lead. Now back to Jason McIntyre. Thank you, Deb. Back here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, I want to quickly ask Gavin and Nick, did you guys see Bird Box by any chance? Yep. Nick, you saw it? Oh, so So, good. You liked it. I mean, I saw it just a couple days ago, so all the hype, all the hype was out there. So I tried to, you know, die down. Like if I went in watching it, not trying to be too, you know, hyped up for it. It was so good. I loved it. Gavin liked it. A few parts that were a little, um, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief. Rowing a canoe blindfolded, I don't see how you don't just end up on the other side of the creek. But a good movie. I did enjoy it. That's a great point. Um, Gosh, this is going to be embarrassing to admit. Wife and I watching it the other night. An hour in, I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's just watch the rest of this another day. I I had to bail. I, you know, you guys don't have kids, and um, thought of that kind of situation going down, and having kids is just and also ugh. the not naming the kids thing was really hard for me to understand. Like, if you don't care about the kids, why are you working so hard? To keep them around, you know, like she's really trying to save them and everything, but she names them boy and girl. I, mean, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it was a little like, yeah. I, you know, and and as a parent, I'm sure you probably had a problem with that as well. Yeah, it was all that was certainly odd. Um, and it's weird because like I, I'm, you know, I'm getting older, but I still have kids, but I act young. You know, I play basketball with young guys, and it's like some of these th- the, the adult things. Did you guys see this movie Wonder? This was on cable last night. I guess it was in the theaters. It's based on a true story. You know, kid born with some kind of weird kind of deformity. Maybe you heard about it? No? All right, I won't I won't get into it. It is super duper sad. I mean, it has a good ending and all that stuff, but it's just like, oh my gosh. I remember when Arrival came out and it opened up with like a very sad scene about a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like really right in the Right in the beginning, you're going to do that to me? Yeah. That's no, tough. It's, um, it is, it's very odd. So, all right, let's move from movies back to the NFL here. Um, so the league is getting all this heat from social media people wanting to call out the NFL. We did, we talked about the call out culture on social media. That's just gross. But all of these guys are just hoping, can I get a lot of retweets off this? Can I get a lot of favorites? And they're calling out the league and the absurdity of it and no African-Americans are getting hired. Right now, we're in a situation where it's just all about offense. That's all that matters. 
Because if you hire a defensive guy, and you talk to people around the league and they'll say this, if the offense happens to be successful within a year or two, someone's going to come steal your offensive coordinator to make them a head coach. And then you're going to have to restart the offense all over again. Now, we saw that a little with the Chiefs. Okay? Andy Reid, obviously not a defensive guy, but Nagy got plucked by the Bears, so they had to pump up the enemy. He's their new offensive coordinator. But they had the weird offensive transition to Mahomes. And it was the same time as BNB being promoted. So it's not like there was a huge difference. But if you were, say, the Jets or, uh, you know, the, the Cardinals, you can't bring in a defensive guy, then have a new offensive coordinator with a new philosophy for your young coach. You don't want to keep flip-flopping. So that's the first part. And the second part is, listen, I Eric Bieniemy, very good stuff in KC. He... I don't think it's the end of the world that he didn't get a job. And like, when you look big picture, there aren't a lot of great jobs anyway. Let's go through them real quick. Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston gets a year to prove it. He gets Bruce Arians. You could call him a retread if you want. I I don't think that's the worst hire in the world, but is that the best job? I don't know. Bad owner. Look at Arizona. Maybe the worst roster in the league. Cliff Kingsbury definitely has his work cut out for him. Is that a job if you're a young black coach? Are you clamoring, I need the Arizona job. I need it badly. I don't think so. You know where I'm headed with this too. If Cincinnati is still open, nobody wants that job. Bad ownership, bad roster, franchise headed downhill, tough division. Miami, terrible owner. Franchise is eh, not very good. A lot of dysfunction, no quarterback. Not a great job. Denver, they hired a defensive guy. John Elway, I get that he's zigging when everybody's zagging, but that's a team on the cusp of a rebuild. So you had a lot of jobs that weren't great in the NFL this year. So I know people are saying, well, no black coaches are getting jobs. Sometimes things work out for the better. Look at the potential openings next year. Are you ready? Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin missed the playoffs. We we would agree. If Tomlin misses the playoffs next year, he's gone. They fired Haley last year. Some people think Tomlin should be gone anyway. He's not. But Mike Tomlin could be gone almost certainly if they miss the playoffs again, right? Houston, Bill O'Brien lost at home in the playoffs. We know Bill O'Brien has been up and down. They're getting tired of him in Houston. I think with Deshaun Watson, that's a good job next year. Atlanta, Dan Quinn missed the playoffs. Dan Quinn misses the playoffs again with Julio, Matt Ryan. I think we can agree Dan Quinn's done. That's a good job. Carolina, Ron Rivera. Listen, you missed the playoffs again, dude. You're gone now. You're fired. I, I I think Carolina has Cam, but that, again, Carolina to me is a better job than Cincinnati, Miami, Arizona. Den- like, I would be waiting next year for Carolina and Jacksonville. Now, they don't have a quarterback. Defense is there. Doug Marone, if he misses the playoffs, we know he's gone. I think Jacksonville, good young roster. Quarterback is an issue, but you got so many better jobs next year that I don't think it's the end of the world that no black coaches are getting hired this year. Like, let's not make a huge deal out of it. These Cincinnati, Arizona, these jobs are likely going to be open again in three years, folks. I, I just, for me, I don't think it's the end of the world. And, you know, frankly, some of these guys that are getting hired, uh, Matt LaFleur, really? I, I, 
<laughs> Good luck, Green Bay. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We're heading into a weekend where two guys in the studio could watch their Chargers end the Patriots dynasty. Is it over? We've gone through all the permutations. Belichick, Brady, Gronk. It's fascinating. You're definitely going to want to stick around for this. The Patriots dynasty ends with a loss tomorrow. That's next. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back here on the big lead. Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard limitations apply. So the only report of an African-American coach uh, getting hired appears to be Brian Flores, the linebackers coach uh, from the Patriots. Now we know it's risky going from... New England anywhere. Matt Patricia bombed badly. We know Josh McDaniels has been a train wreck. It's weird. As a Jets fan, I'm conditioned to root against three teams. Giants, because they're the rival. Patriots, obviously. And the Miami Dolphins. So Flores going Patriots-Dolphins is like, oh, Jason, you've got to hate this guy. Well, unfortunately, I did some reading on this guy, Flores. He's a great story. He has some similarities to mine, and his parents came to... America as immigrants in the 70s, you know, prioritized education. The kids did well, got ahead. Like, I, Flores is a great story. Um, obviously, luckily, my parents got the heck out of New York. Uh, Flores was coming from Brownsville, Brooklyn. Brutal area. It's where Mike Tyson grew up. Um, and so Flores is a guy to root for. And, and, you know, he's done okay things with that Patriots defense this year, but they're not great. That Patriots roster does not look good. I think he's getting out at the right time. And and it makes you wonder what happens to the Patriots if they lose this weekend. The Chargers, as we talked about last week, they are built to take down the modern offense. They've got two nasty rush defensive ends in Ingram, who ate up Lamar Jackson last week, and, of course, Joey Bosa. And if you guys think back, I know we got two big Chargers fans here. If you think back to what's given Belichick and Brady problems, Two Super Bowls, New York Giants. What did they have? Nasty front four edge rushers. Think about the Baltimore Ravens. Terrell Suggs. He has given Brady problems. You've got to get to Brady off the edge. We know that. you got to move him off his spot. The book is out. It's been out for a while. So what do you think the Patriots will counter with? Well, maybe they'll counter with the short passing game. Desmond King, number two cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. He's going to probably lock up Edelman. No deep threat. Folks, any way you slice it, the Chargers have an advantage. The only advantage they have is Bill Belichick. I hate to break it to you guys. Tom Brady, as great as a legend as he is, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, Rivers has been better than him in every category this season. Feel free to look it up. Every category, it's Rivers. And so what happens if the Patriots bomb out Tomorrow and lose. Well, besides the 
cheering from 49 states. I mean, people are going to be so happy to be done with them. And then the questions begin. And I'll tell you right now, all week, all anybody's going to be talking about is, does Belichick retire? He's 67. And does Tom Brady retire? He's 41. Now, Brady, we know his wife, Giselle, has been pushing for him to get the heck out for the last couple years. And we know Brady will be under pressure. Hey, Tom, come on. Gronk, he's probably going to retire. The roster's not there. You don't want to come back and go 9-7 and seven and have it end ugly. You go out on top. You've been to a bunch of Super Bowls. You, Tom Brady has five Super Bowl rings, Nick. Phil Rivers has five playoff wins. Like, come on. Is he really going to lose this? But if he does, it's not the end of the world. You're a champion. You're the greatest. Now, it could get uglier. If he decides to come back and they do go 9-7. and seven. Listen, uh, I'm telling you guys, the Jets are going to be a bet on team next year. Sleep on them at your peril. They got the mo- second most uh, free agent money to spend. They got a top, what are they, third in the draft. This is a team on the rise. We're seeing a changing of the guard in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, 50 TDs. That ain't going to end anytime soon. Short of an injury. Andrew Luck is back. The Colts are back. If you look, Nick, at the Colts and the Patriots and you say, who would you rather have going forward? Would you buy stock in the Patriots next five or or the Colts? Who are you taking? Mm, Colts, easy. Okay. Chargers. Even though Rivers is 37, that roster's sick. Over the Patriots, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next five years. You keep going. Chiefs. Chiefs or Patriots next five years. I'm going Chiefs. I mean... You could even argue the Cleveland Browns. Young, good roster. So, Gavin, I got to ask, what is your level of excitement for your Chargers going to New England? No snow, but it'll be in the high 20s. Are you nervous? Do you feel better or worse than you did heading into Baltimore last week? I definitely feel better than the Ravens. The Ravens game was the scary one, but this team has proven they've won – Basically nine road games this year. Mm-hmm. There's seven teams that have done that in NFL history. All of them won the Super Bowl. So how about that? Also, the other thing is they don't seem to care about weather. They won in Pittsburgh, in Kansas City. They don't care about the time. They'll go to London and win. So I think the only reason they, that I'm worried is the aura, the mystique of the Patriots. Yes. That If Rivers can keep that out of his head... I don't see them losing this game. What what was the great line? So the Yankees were in the postseason, and I forget, was it Kurt Schilling or someone else? But I think what it was was the Yankees won some crazy game, and everybody was asking the, the opposing team about mystique and aura. And I think it was Kurt Schilling who said, who, aren't they two strippers at scores? Mystique and Aura. What? What? What, what is that? Who cares about that? That's, yeah, that was Chris something Jones. along those lines. Yeah. And I wonder: Are the young Chargers gonna take the Patriots that way? I don't care about their history. I don't and, care and, that, and Bra- th- that that Belichick is unbeatable in New England, or that Brady is seven and zero against Rivers. And- that's the advantage of having a young team. That the only Chargers that remember losing to the Patriots in 06 and 07 are Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates. Yeah, Joey Bosa was what, like a sixth grader? <laughs> I mean, real, I was seriously, like, it's, some of this stuff, they don't matter. Just I'm, Joey Bosa, I'm going to pin my ears back and get two sacks on Brady. 
I don't care what they've done historically in New England. That's the other thing. They they just got they just sacked the most mobile quarterback we've seen in years seven, seven times. times. Seven times. What are they going to do to Brady, who's a statue? And Jason, let's can we talk about Philip Rivers? This is his legacy game. This is his biggest game since what? Last time they played the Patriots in 07, right. when he played on a torn freaking ACL. If Rivers wins this game, this is his biggest win easy. I just, uh, my guess would be there is going to be a long, hard look in the mirror for Tom Brady if he wants to come back. Well, because, and if they lose, there's going to be a quarterback issue because they don't have a backup. Well, Brian, Brian Hoyer. Hey, come Bra- on. Hey, yeah, Brian. <laughs> Belichick's going to want to find someone in the draft. You, you know and what? Brady's not going to want. So it. they'll be late first round. I don't think he'd take a try on Kyler Murray. Um, Haskins will be long gone. Drew Locke. I don't know. I'm going to give the Patriots fans some ammo here. Um, tear it all down. Tank the next two years and get Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. Number one pick in 2021. That's also my advice for the Chargers once they win the Super Bowl. No, you can't tank it. With the best roster, (laughs) roster, you cannot tank. There's no way they're getting Trevor Lawrence. You can't. I can wish. Um, I can hope. Patriots fans, it feels like it's coming. I I, I cannot wait for Sunday afternoon if they lose. Folks, it's going to be a party in the streets everywhere. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Folks, Cody Parkey went on the Today Show. Did you see that? After missing the kick? We'll talk about that next. Hello and welcome back to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. Hour number three. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. What are we, four and a half hours away from the final Saturday with football for eight months? Oh, my goodness. I weep just thinking about it. Oh, what a show it's been so far. We've been breaking down the games, the coaching situations around the league, and now it's time. We have to talk about the dysfunctional Pittsburgh Steelers and the latest with that knucklehead, Antonio Brown. My goodness. Imagine having the talent Antonio Brown has and just being such a locker room problem to help us make sense of what on earth the man is thinking. Antonio Brown. I mean, I don't know if anybody could get in his head. We are joined now by Jerry Dulac. Pittsburgh Post Gazette, Jerry. Good, uh, good afternoon. How are you? Well, Jason, I'm fine. And, and your last uh, remark was probably the most appropriate, which is uh, I don't think anybody can uh, uh, make sense of what Antonio Brown thinks, uh, and because uh, it's just it's just hard to fathom. It's hard to wrap your arms around everything he has done here in the week leading up to that game, last game, and and everything that's gone on subsequently. Yeah, it is absolutely bizarre. I mean, Jerry, when when it all melted down there at the end of the season and Brown had his tiff with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, do you did you when that happened? Did you expect everybody to just unload their Antonio Brown stories? Because you know, uh, when things are good, there's no need to say, "Hey, Antonio Brown's been a nightmare behind the scenes." But as they unravel, are we going to get a tsunami here of Antonio Brown did such and such takes? Are we going to get that anytime soon? Well, I think I, I think the reason why that happens, and to, to to your point, yeah, I think you will continue to get it, is 
because, um, you know, it, it, it finally exploded. And, and so, but also because, you know, Antonio Brown's issues, uh, I don't believe, and others don't believe, uh, that, that, that it's all about what happened in that one practice. Right. That this has been a culmination of issues with this guy. He's been different all year. Um, that was said to me way back in August by uh, one of the one of the top people in the organization that there's something different about him this year, and you could just see it. You can see it in kind of uh, his mannerisms. You can see the way he is around the facility. He's he's just different. And what and what the issues are, I can't sit here and tell you. I don't know if they're if they are are kind of family related, personal related, uh, you know, legally related. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a combination of all those, but whatever it is, he has brought all that into the locker room, and the players have seen it, and everybody else has seen it, and it just blew up uh, with uh, with that. Uh, you know, that was kind of the, that was kind of the fuse that ignited the the explosive, and yeah. um, you know, with that Wednesday practice. So, and so, what I think why you see all these people uh, kind of piling on with stories, if you will, is because I think. Those people are all kind of trying to frame the, you know, the, the things that go on with Antonio Brown and who he is because this isn't just a one-time incident. Yeah. And I think that's why you see, have seen that, and maybe we'll continue to see that. We're talking with Jerry Dulac, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So, Jerry, uh, off the field, we know Antonio Brown has had some issues. Uh, you know, you could dive into he's had X amount of kids with X amount of women. and Whatever's going on personally, maybe there's an issue. How much of it, though— professionally do you think is straight up jealousy of Juju Smith-Schuster? Well, I don't think it's jealousy of, of Juju Smith-Schuster because he has nothing to be jealous about. But like with anything with Antonio, um, you know, we have, we have seen where, um, you know, where he catches a lot of passes for a lot of yards in a game and a team loses. And he's, I don't want to say he's comfortable with losing, but he's, <laughs> you know, he's pretty good. He's, I got you mine. Know, he's a, yeah. He's his usual self, right? And we've seen other games where they win big games, and he has little production, and he and he's kind of you know uh, sitting there uh, stern faced and and somewhat pouting, and and his first one out of the locker room. So, um, you know, we've seen that repeatedly, and others see it. I mean, they know what he's about, um, and and so, um, but I don't think there's any jealousy over Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I think even Juju, well, not I think Juju's even admitted that all his success and numbers this year were in part because of the coverage that Antonio Brown sees. And then it just opens so much space uh, for him. So um, I, I don't know that that was it. I, I just think those are, 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 are extra deck chairs on the Queen Mary, to be honest, uh, or in this case on the Titanic. Um, <laughs> so that, that's all it is with him. But I don't think any, I don't think that's any one uh, uh, you know, major issue as to as to what's going on with him. Well, I, I said jealousy of Juju because it seemed as <laughs> if the teammates voted Juju the team MVP uh, or some honor, and it wasn't Antonio Brown. And I guess there's speculation that may have put him over the top. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's the case because I, I'll tell you why. Just from a timeline standpoint, uh, his issues began the day before there was any MVP announcement or, or vote. So um, what, it started on a Wednesday, and that all happened on a Thursday, the Thursday afternoon with the team vote and the MVP. So whatever issues he had, they had already started when he decided he wasn't ah, going to practice okay. and walk away from the practice field and, and not come back. So, um, that's, you know, the, so that's why I don't buy into that when people want to make that 
make that point. Uh, does that does that probably bother him? Yeah. Well, well, but imagine imagine the true MVP on the team year in and year out. The most valuable player they have is Ben Roethlisberger, and he's won the award just once. But do you see, but do you see that affecting him or him pouting or affecting his performance or anything? No. I mean, so I mean, but that's you know we're talking about two different animals here though too. Uh, between you know with the way Antonio yeah. is and the way Ben is, but I, I don't. That's why. That's why I don't I don't buy into that, Jason. Because like I said, I think those issues were were already out. The explosion had already occurred. Gotcha. All right, Jerry Dulac, I'll get you out of here with this. What what is the most likely end game here? Is this a situation where it's a marriage and there's been irreparable damage and irrecon- irreconcilable differences? They cannot figure it out. Or listen, uh, after a month or two, cooler heads prevail. Everybody hugs it out, and he comes back. What's your best guess here in you, you know, as, Jason, as time goes on, I think your latter point can ha- can happen. I don't say it will happen because, this, you know, time heals all wounds. And so maybe in two months uh, they talk it out and they go, oh, okay. But then it becomes an issue of, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If you're going to believe him to think that he might change and that everything's going to be okay, then you're really taking a tremendous leap of faith. Here's the other thing. Facebook Live videos, uh, you know, missing a meeting, pouting, knocking over the water cooler, arguing with the coaches and your teammates, they can kind of look past that. They don't like it, but they can kind of live with it. This is an entirely different matter. This is insubordination. This is bailing out on your teammates. This is refusing to practice. This is skipping team meetings. This is not coming to the team hotel. Saturday night for the final meeting. This is not returning your coach's calls and still hasn't. This is not returning your owner's calls and still hasn't. Uh, you know, I don't know how you can look past that yeah. and think and that have him walk into the locker room with the players who feel the same way. Not all of them, of course, but the, but the, the, the main guys and thinking everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That's why I just don't see how they could bring him back. I'm not saying they won't. I just don't know how they can. I, I would agree a thousand percent with that, Jerry. I do wonder, uh, you know, they can't outright cut him, right? That's too much of a, a cap hit, I believe. Well, they said they w- they said they wouldn't do that anyhow. They won't right. release him. They will try. They they said all other options. Well, there's only two options: keeping him or trading him. Right. Okay. So, but here's the thing: what if nobody nobody wants this headache, and then people start digging around, and they're like, "Oh, wait, there's a bunch of untold Antonio Brown is a jerk stories," and there's no takers for a 30 year old uh, receiver who's about to enter, you know, the latter portion of his career. Still awesome, obviously, 15 TDs, but I don't know. I, I, cutting him, if it's off the table, you can't have another Le'Veon Bell situation where you have an awesome right. guy who's just not producing at all and he's on your payroll. Right, and, 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 and that won't be the case, but I, I do, I, I will say this. Oh, there'll be teams who take him. It just, it just depends at what price they'll take him. Um, you know, I saw I saw somebody had a report the, uh, yesterday or the day before that they've talked with a number of NFL teams and they've all uh, they've all said they would be interested in Antonio Brown for a high price, maybe even a number one pick. No, so wow, all, wow, first, that would be first enough. of all. I find it hard to believe that some guy who I'm not even sure of uh, polled NFL, you know, X amount of teams and they've all told him, "Oh yeah, we would take him for a number one pick." But that 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 point aside, um, I I think that. Um, so there will still be teams that take him. One thing about Antonio, I will say this: Antonio is a is is a likable guy. Oh, his his stuff, his behavior becomes annoying. This this stuff aside, this latest incident aside, um, he is a guy who can be very engaging. He has that million dollar smile. 
Um, I did a radio show for five years with Antonio Brown. I like Antonio Brown, but it's just a question of how much you, how much of the nonsense you want to put up with. And there's always those coaches, Jason, or those people who think, you know what, I can we can change them. <laughs> right? I I can handle them. We can fix it. Yeah, and man. you know what? That's 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 just that's whistling past the graveyard. Yeah. And and I I just don't know that that's going to happen. But there'll be teams. There'll be teams who will take them. It's just a question of how much money well, they'll Bill pay. Bel- I mean, Bill, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick can yeah, get anybody, I mean, right? All right. <laughs> yeah, and here's the, other, here's the other thing. The Steelers aren't stupid. They've won Super Bowls before Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They'll win Super Bowls after Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Nobody is bigger than the team with them. And, um, you know, they're, and, and I, but, but that's the problem. The players and, you know, the leaders on that team, and I can tell, think of three of them right off, right off the bat, who I don't know that they would change their opinion of what should be done. And because some of the damage has been done because they've seen Antonio Brown get away with way too much and nothing being done with it. And this, of course, being the most egregious incident, Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney, but Mike Tomlin, they're going to be, everybody's going to be watching what they do. And just imagine if after all that, they would take him back and, and, and what, the, what the perception and the feeling about Mike Tomlin will be if they take him back after all that. Ooh, good stuff. Jerry Dulac. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jerry, have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Jason, thank you. All right. Uh, I don't know how on earth Mike Tomlin, a a player's coach, can take back a guy like this. By the way, there are going to be more Antonio Brown stories coming out. Not necessarily football, behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's ugly. I I went on Twitter this week and said, my Jets, I want them nothing to do with Antonio Brown. I can't tell the story now. I'll have to wait a couple weeks. Um... It's ugly. The guy's just, you don't want him on your team. He's just a problem. There's some stuff that's going to come out on this dude. He's just a guy you don't want around Sam Darnold, your franchise quarterback. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. A lot of divide here in the studio. So Cody Parkey misses the game-winning kick for the Bears. A lot of heat his way. And then he went on the Today Show yesterday and gave an interview. And uh, should he have done that? I'm very excited for this. We'll talk about that next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. 
Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh boy, this topic is going to be a fun one. Uh, listen, man, I oof. Let, let me get this out of the way first. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. Geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. So obviously, if you guys listened to the show last week or perhaps go online, you know I do picks for Fox Sports, NFL on Fox. And um, I had the Bears beating the Ravens in the Super Bowl. The Bears. <laughs> Naturally, this did not go well. Saturday, you know, my picks went well, 2-0 uh, on, on the NFL picks. And then, of course, the disaster Sunday. So my mentions were shredded. Everybody's killing me. Bears, Ravens, you idiot. You don't know any sports. You know, the usual nonsense. So I wasn't mad at Cody Parkey. It was weird. I, I just wasn't. I He didn't lose the game for them. He didn't win it, obviously, because the kick hit the upright, then the crossbar, the double doink. I mean, that was, that was brutal. But Cody Parkey's lost me money before. And I think I might have mentioned last week, Cody Parkey worries me, you know. I mean, the guy hit four uprights in one game. Like, come on. Just a bit outside. But, again, I watch that game, and the Bears' offensive plan was so conservative in the first half. They clearly didn't want to lose the game. We'll let our defense win it. And then their defense had a shot to stop Nick Foles in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't. Foles went up and down the field. Big drive there, fourth quarter, take the lead. Trubisky got him in range, a kick missed, blah, blah, blah. So people, of course, are killing Cody Parkey. He's the reason we lost. I didn't think that. I, I don't. Maybe it's just me. Uh, you want to blame the coach? Nagy, the timeout there, he didn't burn the timeout on first down. Cost him probably 25, 30 seconds. You know, they, they, they use that timeout, they probably get 10 yards closer. At any rate, Cody Parkey's getting annihilated on social media. 
all these dopes in Chicago were like Venmoing him money to like thank him. Uh, no, no, F- Philadelphia fans, sorry, we're sending him the Venmo money. You know. So Friday, Cody Parkey went on the Today Show, and it was weird. I watch the Today Show in the morning. I don't watch the other, you know, sports shows outside of FS1 because I just want to get a taste of what's going on in the world because I consume sports all day. So Cody Parkey turns up on the Today Show, gave an interview about, I don't know, missing a kick? It was a little bizarre that he was on there. Here is Cody Parkey talking to the Today Show about losing the wildcard game. As a kicker, you know, you, you live for those moments. I was three for three before that. I had a lot of confidence going into that kick. My long snapper and holder did a great job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw the wind moving a little bit. I said, all right, this is where I'm going to play it. And obviously, I didn't know it was tipped or anything. I just went down and I thought I hit a pretty good kick. You know, it felt good off my foot. And then I saw it hit the upright, hit the crossbar. And I'm like, sure, surely it'll go in. <laughs> um, unfortunately, bounced towards me. But I obviously, I'm disappointed, I, you know, that I let the, the fans, my teammates, and uh the whole organization down, but I'll continue to keep my head held high because football is what I do. It's not who I am. All right. There's a lot to chew on there. Let's start first. First, I walk in the studio. I met, I had mentioned to Gavin that I like this, and he's the producer of the show, and he's like, I can't, first thing out of his, I can't believe Cody Parkey did that. Unbelievable. Gavin, do you want to go ahead and explain? I just don't understand why... If I'm him, I'm trying to escape. I'm going into the Catskills right now. I, I want to get away from all the media and all. The, I don't think fans want to see me either. And you turn up on the biggest spotlight on the Today Show to talk about a missed kick. I, they were giving him some most honorable player award. <laughs> How about most accurate kicker award? That's the one you want. Come on. Listen, Come on, that's a man. fair point. That's a very but, fair Nick, do we have that drop of them laughing about uh, missing the kick? <laughs> we do. Surely it'll go in. (laughs) If I'm a Bears fan, I'm throwing my remote. (laughs) All right, let me ask you guys this. When the dude on the Buffalo Bills, Scott Norwood, lost a Super Bowl, did he go on any of the Today Show or any of that stuff? Nope. So I guess you could could blame Parkey for that. It just didn't need it. It's maybe twisting the knife. I do wonder if two things are at play here. Is this, you know, the the whole thing about like participation trophies and everything and uh, bullying is a big deal now. It's ugly, especially online. People are bullying Parky, but he's a millionaire. He shouldn't really care. Um, I wonder if they were trying that. If the Today Show was like, hey, you know what? Let's, let's, let's help this guy out, which I kind of get. But the bigger thing, and I actually like the other thing that he said, like, I'm just a football player. This is just a job. It doesn't define me. And I think that's a pretty damn good way to look at it. Now, you guys over there probably disagree totally. It's more the timing. I'm fine with him saying that August, maybe before a preseason game <laughs> on his new team. What do you mean? New to, t- nobody's taking that. <laughs> they got to trade him. I, do there, well, there's no way he's in the league next year, right? <laughs> Oh, he's got, he's going to get paid. He's, I mean, he's that got dude, that listen, that dude on contract. Tampa Bay who went to FSU, Aguayo. Yep. Okay. He flamed out famously. The worst draft picked ever, maybe. I mean, it was total debacle. Um, he's, I don't think he's in the league, right? I, I I'm pretty so. sure he like tr- tried out when some team's kicker blew some stuff and then he never made it. Chargers. Like, was it the Chargers? Mm-hmm. Their kicker's been pretty good this year, by the way. Oh, Money Badger, Michael good. Badgley. 
He was, is that what they call him, the money badger? <laughs> yeah. I like that. I have not heard that, the money badger. <laughs> By the kicker. way, and your Jets would remember this, Nate Kading, Charger kicker, missed a lot of kicks yeah. in the playoffs. Oh, he missed and, one against the Steelers, too? Uh, no, it was the tra- it was the Patriots and the Jets, I think. Jets, okay, the most. okay. Yeah, but um, we never heard from him again. Yeah, <laughs> if you're, I mean, people just, like, a lot of guys can kick a football. Like, you know. You can't make a big kick. I, I don't want you on the team. So I, I just want to go back briefly. Like, it's funny. All these people, when I make picks, you know, I don't want to be like your gambling guy, your internet guy. Like, no, that this is my job. This is what I what I do. Like, when I go home from the studio, I'm not, hey, that's the guy with a radio show who's on TV and has a website. No, I'm I'm Jason. I'm your neighbor. I'm your kid's basketball coach. You know, like I, that. I, I'm a human. I, it's not like that's what you are. And I think if you get too caught up in that, when you're no longer that, then I think it messes with your head. And we see this with a lot of athletes. You're used to the accolades. Oh, fifty thousand people cheering for you, and then you retire, and nobody's cheering for you. And your wife's telling you take out the garbage, and you get a parking ticket, and you're just angry at everything because. They're not worshiping you anymore. And I think that's where, excuse me, I think that's where I can see it as an issue. And that's why I like the outlook of the guy saying, I'm just a kicker, man. It's what I do now. You've got to think big picture. And I I try to look at it that way. Like, listen, I had some great weeks in picking games in the NFL. Back-to-back 5 and 0s in the Super Contest. I was in the money. Great. I'm not gambling Jason guy. I had a good run. And then I flamed out at the end of the season and left out of the money. And like, yeah, that's why I I like Parky's outlook. But I I guess I would agree with you, Gavin, that the timing, not great. But let the wounds heal. If you're Cody Parky, nobody's going to want to talk to you in a month. This summer, you're not a story. The Bears are probably going to cut you the first day of free agency. I, I I see what you're saying, though. I, I think there's – is there a middle between glass half full and glass half empty? Maybe it's just the glass. Maybe that's no, what we because need. No, because, because you, we're in a take society. We're in a political society where you're on this team or the other, right? There is no gray area, sadly. You can't be an independent. I was reading this story, and I'll be quick because we got a guest coming up, in The New Yorker about a Republican who – Ended up like winning his, uh, you know, constituency and all anybody wanted to talk about was every single Trump controversy. And he was like, wait a sec, wait a sec. I'm a Republican. I'm not necessarily a Trump guy. Instead of talking about his tweet about this and that, can we talk about policy? And it was like nobody wanted to talk about yep. policy. They're like, well, you're a Republican. You're automatically on this guy's team. It's the loss of the individual. There, no, it, it, yeah, yeah, there is no... Middle ground, you have to be on this side or the other, and that kind of sucks. Hopefully we go away from that. I kind of blame social media, though social media can be blamed for everything. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, we're going to talk about my Jets. Yes, my New York Jets. The NFL coaching hiring has been strange. Uh, Mike McCarthy, who was touted as, oh, he's going to get a job easily. He didn't get a job. Adam Gaze got a job. Cliff Kingsbury got a job. Some thoughts on that next, but first, 
Let's go to Deb Carson for what's trending in sports. All right, Jason, tonight's NFC Divisional Round matchup features the Rams hosting the Cowboys at the L.A. Coliseum. Raining right now in L.A. Kickoff is 8.15 Eastern tonight, though. But according to NFL Media's Edie and Rappaport, win or lose, the Cowboys plan to negotiate a long-term extension with Coach Jason Garrett during the offseason. Today's AFC matchup features the Chiefs hosting the Colts 4.30 Eastern. Chiefs running back Spencer Ware, who's been nursing an injured hamstring, Doubtful to play, but the team does plan to work him out in pregame warm-ups just to test the hamstring. Damian Williams, though, expected to get uh, the bulk of the carries for the fourth straight game. Jaguars are interested in meeting with Gary Kubiak for their offensive coordinator gig, according to Adam Schefter. Kubiak and new Broncos coach Vic Fangio reportedly had differences in offensive philosophy, so Kubiak will not be the OC in Denver. Also, NFL media reporting that Buccaneers' new head coach Bruce Arians is trying to convince Deshaun Jackson to return to the Buccaneers next season. NHL news on the advice of his doctors. 34-year-old Rick Nash announced his retirement from hockey because of symptoms from the concussion he suffered last March. And the Red Sox and Mookie Betts avoid salary arbitration. Betts is getting $20 million bucks for his services in the upcoming season. That's nearly double his salary from 2018's MVP season. We'll be back with the big lead with Jason McIntyre in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is Fox Sports Radio's The Big Lead. Jason McIntyre, back to you. Thank you, Deb Carson. Back here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part Figuring out which way is easier. All right, my next guest, I've known him for a long time. He covers my favorite team in sports. Yes, they have passed the Knicks. The New York Jets. My Jets. Oh, boy. I actually love what they did uh, in the season. Tanking the right way. They're up to third pick in the draft. They've got a lot of free agent money. They got a franchise quarterback. And they got a new coach, Adam Gaze. I love the hire. Let's bring in Brian Costello of the New York Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Coz, C-O-Z. Brian, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Jason. I thought you'd be great, man. Come on, Adam Gaze and maybe Greg Williams? (laughs) Come on. First of all, what's the latest with Greg Williams as the defensive coordinator? Maybe. Yeah, nothing official yet, but it sounds like it's heading that way. Um, You know, Adam Gaze, the was an official until yesterday afternoon. So, you know, we knew Wednesday night that they had agreed to the deal, but uh, the the contract language wasn't finalized till Friday. So, I have to imagine any assistant coach and hires had to wait for that. So, you know, maybe we'll get something Monday's the press conference for Adam Gase. So, I would think maybe we'll get something Monday, Tuesday about who the defensive coordinator will be. But Greg Williams uh, sounds like a real possibility, which will be interesting for us. Uh, yeah, to cover it. You know, it'll be a departure from what we've covered for the last four years yeah listen brian uh a lot of first of all let me start here jets fans who are a pretty clueless lot let's be honest they just got no idea what's going on they hate this move 
They hate it. Are you hate getting a lot of pushback? First of all, what what what's the argument? They wanted McCarthy. Is that what they wanted? McCarthy. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I've gotten is they wanted McCarthy. Why? They felt like you know, well, Super Bowl ring. Uh, you know, he look, Jason. If if you lined up the eight guys that they interviewed and you put their resumes on the table, just their resumes, Mike McCarthy has the best resume. You can't argue with that. He's no, got a Super Bowl. but dude, there's but a but. Not, that's not the whole hire. You know, you have, to, you have to explore what happened in Green Bay, what happened with Aaron Rodgers. You know, why didn't win more with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, there you go. You know, talk to him. Right. You talk to him. But, you know, just, I get it. Just by resume, he, he, no one really compares. He has 125 wins in the NFL in a Super Bowl ring. But I didn't think he was the guy for, for the Jets. I, none of these guys overwhelmed me. Uh, I kind of warmed up to Geese as I started hearing more and more and explored what happened in Miami. You know, the problems down there don't sound like it was all Adam Gase's fault. Uh, a lot of injuries. Tannehill was injured for the last two years, basically. And he kind of had him going in the right direction in 2016 before the injury. And, you know, and Adam had control of the personnel in Miami, which I think was a problem. He won't have that here with the Jets. So, uh, you know, he turned to me. All I've heard for years from Jets fans is we need a head coach who's done it before. We, don't, we can't hire another first-time head coach because the last five guys have all been first-time head coaches. Well... Now you got that. You got a guy who's done it. All I've heard for years is we need an offensive-minded head coach because, you know, the last five guys or even six guys, including Parcells, who's more of a CEO type, but they all came from the defensive side of the ball. We need an offensive guy. Now you got it. And, but still, they are not happy. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is he was in the division, so it's like they saw the Dolphins not doing that well. Like maybe if this guy had coached, in the NFC West or something, and in 23 and 25, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but uh, there's been a lot of negativity about the hire. Um, Brian Costello, New York Post. All right, Brian, let, let, let's go into gaze for a moment. Um, this whole, like, well, his players hated him narrative. Like, I mean, yeah. how much we should dismiss that. The, the Jarvis Landry stuff is garbage. First of all, Jarvis Landry wanted a king's ransom. The Dolphins yeah. weren't going to give it to him wisely. The Browns did. Are Jets fans so dumb that they haven't looked at the success of the Dolphin slot receivers? Danny Amendola had a great season at a discount. Jakeem Grant had a very good season at a discount. Uh, Albert Wilson, he got hurt. Uh, he had a good season. Like, Kays yeah. knows offense. This this Jarvis Landry yeah. stuff, like, toss it out the window. Yeah, the Jarvis Landry thing, I mean, you know, he's a diva wide receiver that Gase felt like he had to get rid of to help change the culture in Miami. And, you know, he did that a lot. He got rid of a lot of guys down there. And then the second thing was kind of the end of the year here when Gase got fired, there were some anonymous quotes ripping him on his way out the door. And I talked to some people down there that I know, and they said there were some guys who just, these were malcontents who were not happy with their playing time. Yeah, because, Devontae they, Parker. We know yeah, he's, we know he's one of the ringleaders. That, guy's yeah, a, that guy does not want to play. He, he yeah, dogged it through practice. He's a talented kid. But I would be shocked if he's in the league next year. We'll see who takes a chance on Devontae Parker. Yeah, what I was told is, like, you know, they, they, Gase was accused of playing favorites, I guess, and they said, yeah, he plays favorites, but you're a good football player. He likes you. <laughs> so the guys, so, you know, there's always some moaning and whining when, when about coaches, and I, I don't take that, that seriously. And the other point I would make is, you know, Todd Bowles was loved by his players, right? Rex Ryan was loved by his players. We, we've written hundreds of stories of those guys supporting these guys when they were on the hot seat. Maybe it's time for a coach who isn't loved by everybody. There you player. go. You know, <laughs> you Bill know, Belichick is not loved. Exactly. Yeah. Come in and rattle some yeah. cages and hold some people accountable, and you can't be late anymore. And 
you know, if you make a stupid face mask penalty like that kills you, you're going to be on the bench there you for go. a couple of plays. You know? a, yeah. uh, hey, by the yeah. way, Kenyon Drake, why don't you use your superpowers to pick up a blitz every now and then? There's a reason <laughs> he's not playing. Like, come on. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. Jets fans, I wish they knew they were with the program. We're talking about Brian Costello, New York Post. All right, Brian, let's look at free agency. Um, yeah. What do you think is the biggest need? We know it. They're deficient at receiver. Although uh, there is some promise there, they don't have yep. a, a, a big time running back. We like Chris Herndon. Uh, the DUI, obviously, not ideal. But the offensive line is a massive issue. Yeah, you know, I think if you look at it, it's both lines really: offensive line, defensive line uh, need some upgrading. Uh, they need a pass rusher. They needed that forever. Now, if Greg Williams is coming in with a four-three. It yeah. changes. The changes the look a little bit, you know. Now you're not looking for an outside linebacker, more of a defensive end type. Pass rushers are hard to find in free agency, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a good pass rusher, you're going to get franchise tags. You're going to get a contract. It's very rare that really good pass rushers become available in free agency. So I think that's kind of probably going to be the number three pick in the draft. Uh, they need to fix the offensive line. Uh, you know, you can't change everybody, but I think they need to address center. Uh, you know, they need another guard if they if they could find. Uh, a tackle out there, great. You know, that's another one, I guess, the possibility in the draft with Jonah Williams from Alabama. I've heard he might be more of a right tackle than a yes. left tackle, so yep. I'm not sure if he's ideal. But, yeah, and then the big name in free agency is going to be Le'Veon Bell. That's going to be the huge Jets story is are they going to go after Le'Veon Bell? I believe they will. Um, you know, he's kind of just a playmaker, not really a position. They just need a, they need to give Sam Darnold some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. There aren't great wide receivers available in free agency, so, you know, if they can go out and get Bell, that would upgrade this offense. This is a great point. Brian Costello, New York Post. All right, Brian, let me uh, ask you. You said pass rushers are hard to find. Von Miller of the Broncos has been beefing with John Elway. We know they have Bradley Chubb, a great rookie who had a monster year. Uh, for Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic Fangio will inherit Bradley Chubb. Listen, Von Miller is going to, I don't think he's going to cost you as much as Khalil Mack, but if you're rebuilding as Denver is in a division with two awesome teams, maybe Von Miller hits the trade market. Do you think the Jets would be interested? Oh, I think they'd be interested. Yeah. No, I think knowing Mike McCagney now, he explores everything. You know, the question is going to be the price. Yes. And. They're going to be in a different place this year than they were last year, right? They explored Khalil Mack, and I didn't think Khalil Mack made a ton of sense for them last year for the price that he cost because they were they were. I didn't think they were one player away. Yes. I didn't think they were like the Bears that that would really feel it, Matt Mack impact like that. I thought draft picks were important for them. Now this year, it's like they, they got to go for it in 2019. This is big. This is a huge year for them. They've been pointing to this year for a few years now in the rebuild. So. You know, someone like Von Miller becomes available. Uh, yeah, I think they've, they've got to take a long look at it and see what the price is. And, and, you know, if they still think how many years he has left uh, and, and make a decision on that. All right, Brian Costello, New York Post. Let's get out of here with this. It's early, okay? But we've seen first-year coaches have success. Of course, Doug Marone two years ago with the Jaguars. Yep. Uh, McVay uh, with the Rams. Sean McDermott with the Bills. They all made the playoffs, okay? Uh, and then this year, Nagy, Nagy. Uh, yep. and uh, Frank Reich in Indianapolis. I've gone on record. I think if they spend wisely, draft wisely, this team can make the playoffs with Adam Gaze in that first-year bump. Uh, your thoughts on, on Jets' playoffs. Is that too ambitious in year one? No, I think it's. I think you're right. Yeah. I think the key is what they do in the next the next four months. You know, it's it's who they add around Sam Darnold in free agency and in the draft. 
They they need to add some players to this roster. And I expect Darnold to take a big leap in year two. I saw it in December. You know, yeah. if you watch the Jets game in December, he was coming, you yeah. know, and he, he made he made big leaps. He just needs to be a little more consistent, which I think will happen in year two, and I think Gase will help him. So it's not out of the question. Oh, yeah, know, one I, more, I one more, Brian. Uh, yeah. Blake Bortles, the, could the Jets trade for him into cap space the same way the Browns did for Brock Osweiler? They ended up getting Nick Chubb in the second round. If you're the Jets, do you go to the Jags and say, hey, We'll take Bortles off your cap. You guys don't want him. Give us a second-round pick. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know if McCagden would, would will operate like that, like the Browns did you know, with Osweiler. You know, it's an interesting thing to explore. I, I, I don't think the Jets are going to operate like that, but it, it, it's an interesting thought. They have the cap space to do it, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Brian Costello, New York Post, thanks a lot. We will be following the Jets closely. Folks, they're going to be a team, I'm telling you, next year, <laughs> especially, Brian, if the Patriots lose today tomorrow. And um, you know Brady's like I'm gonna I'm done or Belichick or what happened. Oh, Brian, uh, that changes everything. Yeah, <laughs> get excited. Yeah. All right, Brian, have a great uh, two, 2019. Right. Thanks, Jason. Back here on the big lead. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show. We'll go through NFL picks. Chargers fans nervous here. Oh boy, I think the Rams fans are ones that should be nervous. That's next. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy. Just talking to Steve Hartman. He is Fired up about the show right after this one. You know, it's interesting. He was talking about this report. I, I, I thought there was just so nothing to it that it's not interesting, but he found a good angle. This is a radio veteran here. He knows what he's doing. Um, There was a report, and again, I think it's a bogus report, that if somehow the Rams and Chargers both were to host conference championship games, a lot would have to happen. The Saints would have to lose. Chiefs would have to lose. Um, then they would play the conference championship games in the Coliseum out here, not StubHub or whatever they're calling the Charger Stadium, on Sunday night and Monday night instead of back-to-back Sunday afternoon. Okay? I mean, that's just so far-fetched, but here's why it's even more far-fetched. Monday, after conference championships at Staples, Lakers, Warriors. So you're telling me the NFL would put a conference championship game in the Coliseum on a Monday night. I don't think they've ever done that before. To go up against LeBron versus the Warriors in this town? Like, come on. I mean, again, I know the NFL is way bigger than the NBA, but Chargers Colts against LeBron Warriors? I I just, that's just such a, I mean, I don't know where the report originated, so I'm not going to even give it credibility here. And let's move on from it. Um, hey, I didn't get to touch on this. Um, dang it. I wish I had. All right, maybe next week. So this Cliff Kingsbury hiring. Cliff Kingsbury's getting crushed. He didn't win at Texas Tech. Okay, who has one? Mike Leach won some games at Texas. Okay, so what? Well, he ran Baker Mayfield out of town. Uh, did he really? I mean, Baker got hurt. Davis Webb came in and was good. And Baker was a young punk coming off 
the injury, and he stuck with Davis Webb. I, 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 again, I can't kill Cliff Kingsbury for that. Like, this idea that Cliff Kingsbury didn't deserve it. Okay, so did Matt Nagy deserve the job coming out of Kansas City? Never been a head coach. Frank Reich had never been a head coach. Doug Peterson had never been a head coach. They all got head coaching jobs. So then the argument becomes, well, what do you go with? A coordinator who had been there. Again, we don't know how much they were calling plays. They're not in charge of anything. Versus a head college football coach. So, Gavin, what to you has more value? Being a head coach at a program for multiple years or being an offensive coordinator for a couple years? I do think it comes down to results, though. You know, the NFL is a results-driven league. and But how do you grade the results of an offensive coordinator? By the wins and losses. But it's <laughs> I mean, not, it's it's not, not on all them. credited to him, but it is all credited to him what he did at Texas Tech. Also, what's your opinion on the snake factor of Cliff Kingsbury? What do you mean the snake? He, was USC an, stuff? he had a job at, at USC, and then he just, oh, no, I got a better one. I'm, I'm out. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Like, you are dating a nice girl, and... Miss USA shows up. You've been dating a nice girl for three weeks. Miss USA shows up. Oh, I'm interested. I mean, you just started seeing this other chick. What's the big deal of going out with Miss USA? I, again, it's not like he was married to USC. How long was he there? A month? A month. And he definitely knew that when he was he had gotten fired, the NFL rumors had been out there. It's yeah. not like this came out of nowhere. I agree with you. I just don't think the Cardinals should have hired him. I don't him. think it's that sneaky. All right, let's get the Chargers-Patriots pick from two Chargers fans. Nick and Gavin, quickly, you got 30 seconds. Go. I, I don't. I won't make an official prediction. Oh, what stop I will it. say is you will make a seven prediction. teams in NFL history have won nine road games. Everyone has won the Super Bowl. That's all I'm going to say. Chargers in one night. Chargers 24-23, a late kick by Michael Badgley. Poetic justice for the Chargers. I kind of like that. I'm going with the Chargers to win. And next week we will do two hours on the death of the Patriots. Go Chargers! Go Cowboys! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.